Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Happy Soul Podcast. My name is Melissa. And I am Sammy, and we are your hosts. This is a podcast about life, inspirational stories about facing life's challenges, rising through the obstacles to find happiness, success, abundance, and love. So grab yourself your favorite warm drink, get comfortable, and prepare to be inspired. We are back for part three of Lindsay's story. In case you are in need of a refresher, in part one, which is episode number 14 on the Happy Soul podcast, Lindsay shared with us about her journey into becoming a Mormon and marrying her husband and the beginnings of the cracks in the foundation of that faith. And then in part two, she continued on talking about the big cracks in the foundation of her faith and the journey to exit that religion. And she started talking to us a little bit about her conversation with her husband and how that was looking. So without further ado, let's dive into part three and hear the conclusion of this conversation. I went and told AJ some of this after our last conversation. And he goes, and I was like, I see why men want to. Like, they're going to get a planet with multiple wives that just are meant for birth and babies. Like, it just sounds like all the naked women and sex you want, really. He's like, I get it. No, totally. That sounds great. It's the believing I get a planet that I have a hard time with. He's like, that sounds great. But how do I get to the point of believing that I get some planet? (laughs) Wow. Well, well, I have an explanation for that, but it's yes. kind of long and boring. But no. like, yeah, basically, just like they believe that we're taught in the temple that Earth is just one of many planets, that God was a human on a planet called Kolob, which is somewhere outside of our solar system. So God was a human just like you, and he made temple covenants just like you. And now he's the God of this Earth, just like you can be the okay. God of your own. Okay, but does this not, have you seen of uh guardians of the galaxy is this not guardians of the galaxy too like his dad is this not have you seen it melissa is it not the same no no i've never seen it i don't watch space movies i think i have seen it with what's his head on it from the christmas movie yeah 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 it is is. yeah now i'm gonna have to see it is this um this omnipotent god who creates planets and he came to earth and kept sleeping with different, well, not just Earth, multiple planets, and sleeping, he's a celestial being, and sleeps with different creatures, because he was trying to create another child that could have the power to make more planets. It's like the same! You guys, it's crazy, because it's not even worth the effort. It's all made up, right? Like, you have to keep in mind that when the church started, they did practice polygamy. So Joseph yeah. Smith and all his white friends did have multiple wives. They lived in a communist and- state where they all shared, like, if you were a member of the church, you had to give all of your everything, money, everything you owned to Joseph Smith. And then he would give it out depending on, like, your standing. So him and all of his best buddies had all the best houses, had all the best horses, had all wow. the best wives. So this wow. was like... It was real. He he was the king of his own world. Like he wow. got everything he wanted. Yeah. Wow. Is okay. So it, are there not like this is very naive of me because I I really don't know. But are there not other Mormon sectors that do still believe in polygamy? Yes. Or, is that Mormonism down this. south? Is there? Yes. Oh, it's 
so interesting to like time travel back into my Mormon brain and be like, those groups are just like so misguided, you know? Well, the truth is that what actually happened was polygamy was illegal in the United States. It Mm -hmm. was illegal. So um, Joseph Smith and all of his buddies were practicing polygamy and they were chased from town to town. Like, Hey, you can't just try to sleep with all of our daughters and sisters and like all the young women in our town like that's sketchy and illegal and you're a fraudster like get out of here and so eventually what happened years down the line we're talking like third or fourth prophet so they practiced polygamy for a long time like years and probably like oh gosh i'll have to fact check the actual numbers but like early 1900s they were still actively practicing polygamy then the u.s government comes to the mormon church and says if you do not stop practicing polygamy, we are going to defund you. Like, we're going to take all of your money. We're going to take all your stuff. Like, no, like you're not allowed to practice polygamy anymore. Well, what are you supposed to do when you have, I don't know, 200 men and each of those men has 50 or more children? What do you, what do you do with them? Are you supposed to just abandon all your wives? Of course not. You can't do that. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, right. So that's how these like Warren Jeff cults came to be. So they like they were told, okay, like we're practicing polygamy in secret, like the main church, you know, in the face of the public, we're not going to do it. But like, it's still a belief of God. It's still like an eternal principle. And so that's why there are still cults today that broke off during those times. Right. And like are practicing Joseph Smith beliefs and the really crazy part is like my mother-in-law believes in polygamy (laughs) yeah so they like and this is all all the hardcore mormons do all they all do they they all believe more um, polygamy is an eternal principle meaning like when you go to heaven you're gonna have to practice polygamy and actually um the mormon church still the active the mainstream mormon church still practices spiritual polygamy so when what you, does that mean? What does that mean? So what that means is like when you go to the temple, so I have been sealed to Mark. If Mark died, that's it. I can't get sealed to any more men. However, if I died, Mark could get sealed to his next wife. And if she died, he could get sealed to his next wife. And if she died, he could get sealed to his next wife. So for all intents and purposes, when he dies, he has five wives. And they still practice that. So the current prophet has had has been sealed to his first wife and then he's also sealed to his second wife that he has right now. Yeah, but okay, but um mm-hmm. why can't women have more so you just have to be alone forever if your spouse dies as a female in the Mormon church? Oh, don't worry. Like if you're single or anything like that, like if you let's say you don't ever go to the temple, like you don't find the perfect match. Like you don't find your worthy priesthood holder to take you to the temple to get sealed. Don't worry. You will definitely be sealed to a man after you die. That's what temple work is for. I did it. I sealed men and women together when I went to the temple. What do you mean you sealed them together? What does that mean? In the first episode, I talked about like the temple. So you go to the temple to take out your own covenants. But then after you've taken out your own covenants, you keep going to do these covenants for dead people. So like, oh, it gets really hairy here too. There's a lot of like, there's so much controversy because anyway, for obvious reasons. But yeah, so a huge part of Mormonism is family history work. So everybody has their family charts and they go hundreds of years back and they go through and they comb through their family chart and they find the people that have, I mean, the Mormon church didn't exist until like the 1800s. So anyone before that 
like, woohoo, like, look at all these souls we're going to save. So they print out their names on little cards. And so I went to the temple and I did the temple work for, you know, Anna Maria, who was dead in 1624. I took out covenants for her in the temple. By so like you made promises for her on behalf, by, on her. behalf of her and you sealed her to a make-believe yeah. world. Sorry. So from my mind, not having a religious background, I don't necessarily believe there's anything you do when you die except go on the ground. And I'm not saying that that's right or wrong. I'm just saying like that's my brain. I hope there's something great out there, but I don't necessarily believe there's something great out there, right? So when you say that, I'm mm -hmm. like, so these people are there doing something for a name on a card. Like it's not a person mm -hmm. to me. It's a name on a card. It was a person. Mm -hmm. It's not, that's the way I hear that. And I'm not saying that's right or wrong. It's just the way that I hear mm -hmm. that. And so like, when I said like, you have to remain single forever, by forever, I mean, until you die, because that's forever okay. in my, in my mind, there's not, there's not a beyond. And so like, is that accurate? Like you have to, you can know, you cannot remarry if your husband dies as a female. You can remarry, but you're not, you can't be resealed. What is sealed? What's the difference? So, so if you get married, like not in the temple, you're just getting married for this life. Sealing is getting married for eternity. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. So the interesting thing is like now oh. that the blindfold is off and I like, we can talk later on about like what I believe now, but basically like the illusion has fallen. I agree with you. Now, now this is a cynical view, 100%. The church spends billions of dollars building temples. Also, sidebar, um, I don't know if any of you have watched the 60 Minutes episode that came out like last month. They have over $140 billion in the like in investments, the Mormon church. They are like one of the wealthiest like corporations, individuals, entities yeah. in like North America. So basically Ooh. now it's like, I actually think it's all just like a giant real estate scam. They're the number one landowner in the United States, by the way. So they spend millions, millions, I'm talking like literally millions of dollars building these huge, ornate, crazy temples with like custom stained glass and all this stuff for dead people, for dead people, for dead people, for dead people, for dead people? build a homeless shelter. What the hell? <laughs> it's so I mean, dumb. It makes sense that they're so wealthy because like they're getting 10% of everybody's income, like $8 billion a year on tithing. And you know what's really messed up? Really messed up. They actively teach you. You pay your tithing before you feed your kids, before you pay your bills, before you pay your utilities. And right now, like in Africa, the number membership numbers are going up. So up until like nine months ago, proselyting was not allowed in Africa. What is that? Proselyting, like any kind of religious like preaching was not allowed there. Oh, okay. why? Colonization. <laughs> colonization is bad. We have enough history to know, like, colonization is not good for indigenous people. Like, it's not good. So in Africa, it was illegal. And just like recently in the last year, it's now become legal. And now the Mormon church is swarming in Africa and they're converting all of these people. And yeah, they're saying to these people, yeah, you have to pay your tithing. You have, you can't eat. That sucks. Pay your tithing. God will provide for you. Does God always provide for you? No, he does not. <laughs> he does not. Wow. Yeah. It's so deeply, 
deeply, deeply unethical and messy. Okay, up. so I have to ask this. Wow. Is it hard for you or was it hard for you at any point in time to like reflect back on the things that you believed, like so deeply believed? And now you're like, that sounds absolutely insane. Like, is it hard for you to to I don't know how to word this? Not just like think back to believing it, but like, and I don't, I'm not, I'm not putting this on you. I don't think you should feel this way. I'm just asking, like, do you feel yeah, like, well, how, do you, how does that make you feel? I guess I don't want to put words in your mouth. So thank you for asking. That's a really good question. Yeah. <laughs> Short version. Yeah, not great. Um, and it's been like, that's been a personal development journey of like forgiving myself because I was doing the best I could with the information I had. And I believe that like the average person is doing the best they can with the information that they have. Mm-hmm. So I've had to like, because it's not just, it's not just, ooh, that belief is so embarrassing. It's also, I treated my mom like literal trash because of what I believed. I judged that person. Like, I actively, like, any of Mark's cousins or any of our peers that left the church, like, I really believed, like, that person is trash. Like, that person is literal wow. garbage. Like, I thought that. So I've had to, like, it's been a balance between, like, forgiving myself for having those things that now I'm like, oof, like, those were rough. And taking responsibility, like, it's actually okay for me to be like, you know what, that was wrong. And I'm like, taking ownership of that. And actively like, now able to be like, hey, am I like, really having a thought that I like, really feel strongly about? Like, maybe it's not like, maybe I need to open my mind a little bit. So yeah, it's been, it's been a learning curve for sure. Wow. Has it been hard to like, on that note? Has it also been hard, like, you've said a lot that there's a lot of guilt for a lot of things. So, like, the co- you feel guilty for the coffee, you feel guilty for doing anything that is perceived as or preached as bad within the church. Do you still feel guilt feelings when you're like, I'm reaching for a coffee? Do you still have, like, an instant guilt reaction that you have to talk yourself out of? Or, like, how has that process been? Yeah. So now we get into like some deep stuff, kind of deep and I love it. Uh, But you know, warning, I have no filter and I I am an open book. So just be warned, it gets a little heavy. Okay. So you have to like bear in mind the system. So not only did I like fully believe in the system, but part of believing in that system was the belief that my husband had authority over me. Okay. So when I was going through like my, oh yeah. And I would, I, now's a good time to like mention another crack in my like spiritual foundation was the garments. So when I had my third baby Benson, I had like, like a huge breast milk supply. So imagine like sleeping with your newborn and your baby, like breastfeeding through the night. This is a common thing for women. Like you wake up and your sheets are soaked, whatever. Imagine having these like this t-shirt and shorts set that you literally have to wear all day and night, like completely just getting soaked and disgusting every single night. So it became easier for me at night to not wear my garments. And that was a huge issue for my husband you need to wear your garments. You need to wear your garments. You need to wear your garments. So if I wasn't wearing my garments and let's say I like threw on a tank top, why would I own a tank top? I don't know. Various reasons. (laughs) If I had a tank top and I threw it on at home with just my kids around, Mark would say, you can't wear that. So you have to keep in mind, like, I believe that he had authority over me. So I would say that has been more of a challenge. 
I still like, there's a very, very, like, I know it's not true. I know it's not true. I have full confidence. Like I have no fear about the consequences of leaving Mormonism. Like I have no fear for that. If, if I die and it turns out Mormonism is true, I'll be like, fair enough. Like, okay, (laughs) you know what? Whatever. Fair enough. Do your thing. I'll go to outer darkness. That's fine. I deserve it. I don't have a lot of fear about that. So it's not so much like, it's not so much like, oh, I'm going to drink this glass of wine, but like, maybe it's wrong. It's very much related to my marriage. Very much so. Mm -hmm. And this is where like the abuse conversation comes in, right? So I don't believe that my husband is a narcissist, but the church, like there's this um, psychologist, her name is Natasha Helfer, and she's an ex-Mormon psychologist. She was excommunicated as an active Mormon psychologist for like advocating for sexual health. She was excommunicated for that. So now we had the opportunity to see her in person a few months ago. And she said that her like official diagnosis for the church was that the church is a narcissist. And it blew my mind because I was like, I don't think my husband is a narcissist, but he sure acts like one sometimes, you know? And it's realizing like, yeah, so I'll like drink a glass of wine and my mind is like, is this okay? Is Mark going to react? Like, am I going to get in trouble? Is there like, it's more so related to him, but that is the church. And like, that's the thing you have to remember, like, it's not about him. He's only like behaving in the way that he has been taught. So people that would be like, well, that's just your husband being an asshole. No, my husband is literally acting the way he was taught by the church. Like it is the blame is to the church. It is Is not a growth thing that Mark's been having to work on then. Like, this is what the church taught me, but this is not okay. What is okay? For sure. So thankfully, my husband really likes smoking weed. (laughs) So smoking weed, like, honestly, if you haven't tried marijuana, look, stop, find a safe place. Just freaking try it once in your life. Like, you never know. That's peer pressure, Lindsay. I am am fully about peer pressure. Look, if you need a friend to, like, peer pressure you, call me up. I am, like, the peer pressure champion. A thousand percent. That is like a title I proudly wear. Yes, peer pressure, peer pressure it up. Anyway, my husband really likes weed. So because that's so contrary to the church, like he has had to figure that out, right? It's like, it's not, he's not the kind of person. And there are a lot of Mormons who are like, okay, I don't believe in this anymore, but I'm still never going to drink. I'm still never going to drink coffee. No, my husband is not like that. He is fully embracing all of the things that he was not allowed to do which power to you. I'm doing it too. I'm also fully embracing the things that I was never allowed to do. But because of that, he's like, has to, he has to deconstruct these beliefs. And okay. So let's back up. I realized my relationship was abusive. I decided that I was going to leave the church. So then when things started settling down after we kind of left the church and by settling down, I basically mean like we're living our new life. We're not Mormon anymore. Here we go. We before had a complete like literal book on how to live our lives, how to raise our kids, like what to say, what to do, what to wear. Like we had all these guidelines. Now you have no freaking idea what we're doing. We are like literally like, okay, we have to make our own like literal decisions. That's insane. And Mark has been the best, like the best. Hey, I think we should go to therapy. Okay. Book the appointment. Hey, like the therapist spends an hour just reaming on Mark about how toxic his belief systems are. 
hangs up the phone and I'm bracing there like, okay, I'm going to hear it. Just cries, crying. Like, I'm so sorry. Like, I have so much shame about everything that I've put you through. Like, I don't want our kids to like go through this. I don't want to have anger issues. Like, I don't want to be controlling. Like, I know the patriarchy is wrong. Go feminism. That's so beautiful, Lindsay. And I, I don't mean to, I don't mean to say that and sound like it's undermining the hard and the difficult that in there, but like the way that, like you just said, like lots of people would come out of a church or no church, whatever, come out of a therapy appointment and be like, I can't believe she thinks I'm the only problem here. You know what I mean? Like they would come out with that kind of mentality and obviously takes two to tango, but like there's toxic stuff that does not necessarily involve the other person. And um, so that's huge. Like that's, I want to just give Mark a hug right now, you know, like, yeah, virtual hug yeah. tomorrow. Like, he absolutely <laughs> is like putting in the work. I'm so proud of him. And honestly, like it's it's been a battle personally for me to go from like, I'm ready to give my marriage up. I'm ready. Like I'm ready for those consequences. Like this is not okay. I don't want to live like this anymore to getting to a point where in Brazil, we were in Brazil last week and we renewed our vows. Yes. And now I'm like, it's been quite a journey in the last year to go from like, I'm leaving this guy <laughs> to being like, okay, I actually do love you. You're a good one. So yeah, we renewed our vows. It's so cute. crying a little. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah. I'm teary about that because I know. It's been a journey. I know how hard this has been for you and that you didn't want to lose the marriage, but that you were believing so strongly in this journey that you were you were ready to like that you were at that place like I I did that's want really amazing end, but I knew that the way it was had to end does that make sense so I'm showing Melissa oh. a picture of us burning oh. our temple certificate oh. <laughs> we so we burned our temple certificate in the water in Brazil and like looking at this picture now is like the most empowering thing because we really like literally burned our old belief systems. We are not married under Mormonism anymore. And we are like making our new rules and living that's our own so life. Beautiful. Oh, that's so beautiful, Lindsay. I'm so happy for you guys. Like, again, I don't want to undermine the, the work that you have done or still have to do. But I'm like, yeah, when you said the thing that Mark said, like, after that call, like made me teary eyed too, and takes a lot for me to get teary eyed. So incredibly happy for you guys. That's so beautiful and so amazing that yeah, like obviously you you really do love each other and the church was just a, a binding piece. Um, and now you've gone through and are still going through all of this work to make what you want it to be instead of what you're told it should be. Yeah, and you know what? On that note, like let's keep going on this train. Like it's easy to talk about like how hard and traumatic it has been to leave the church. Like, it is literally, like, the hardest thing that I have ever gone through. It's easily the hardest thing Mark has ever gone through. Like, it's been so hard. Our family relationships have suffered. Like, all of our relationships with all of our, like, old community has suffered, with Mormons has suffered. However, our ability to relate to human beings on, like, a literal human being level, being, like, 99.9% .9 of the rest of the population has infinitely gotten better. Like we, I used to see people on the street and be like, that person's not a Mormon. That person's not a Mormon. That, that would be it. That's all I would think about them. Now I see somebody on the street and I'm like, man, that's a badass mom. Like, oh, wow. Look at that person. Like, 
it's just com the way that I'm like relating to human beings is completely changed. So it's like, it's, I, if I could do it all over again, even if it was a hundred times harder, I would a hundred percent not change it. Like I would always choose to leave Mormonism. Like it completely changed my life. I was reborn. So amazing, literally. Like, I want to ask you about that so much, but I just want to jump back to one thing that I just have a question on. So at our beginning of our first episode, I said we kind of knew each other. We didn't know each other personally, but like I went to high school with your husband. They smooched. She's being too shy about it. They dated a little bit. I forgot. Yes. That's two today I've forgotten about, Sammy. <laughs> yeah, we dated in like grade nine for like, I don't know, like three weeks or something. Like I don't know. It's all right. Respect. But so much of what you're saying, like when I was in high school and dated him, I remember my friends being like, he's Mormon. And I was like, okay. And they were like, but he's Mormon. Like, you're not Mormon. And I was like, yeah, I'm in grade nine. Like, I'm not marrying the dude. Like, it's probably okay. If this gets serious, I'll start learning more about Mormonism. You know what I mean? And it was, I don't know, like three weeks. Anyways, my question is, when we met, it was summer of COVID. I don't think you'd had Benson yet. I don't think, I think you were very, mm -hmm. like, really, you were due very soon with him. I believe either that or he was just born. I don't remember anyways i remember but we had a conversation about is me you melissa and another friend and we had a conversation about naps or something and you said something about you told mark that you put on a show for the kids and had a nap and mark was like said something about i don't remember what you said he said but something negative about you having a nap like you shouldn't be napping and then I remember I was reading weeks later. I was like, dude, I nap all the time. I put my kids like when you're I put a show for my kids and have like a nap all the time. And you were kind of like, OK. And then I remember months later, I was reading a book to my kids. And in the book, it was like Five Little Monkeys book. And it starts off with Mama took her Five Little Monkeys down to the beach and she laid out a towel and had a nap. And I took a picture of it and sent it to you. And I was like, see, all moms do this. And. So at that point, do you, do you remember that conversation at that point? Yes. Were you still like heavily into Mormonism or were you on your path out or what, do you remember how that related and like how you received that conversation? Yeah, I would have been heavily okay. in still. So that would have been like the era of, okay, I think my marriage might be abusive. Like that, that was the, I might be abused era. Okay. Right. And it was conversations like that that were like very important. If I had never talked to my friends about what I was going through, I like it probably would have been just way harder for me. Like I needed you to be like, no, dude, it's OK. And still to this day, like, you know, Mark has done lots of deconstructing, but like we're working with 30 years of indoctrination here. Like it's going to take a long time. He's going to like, you know, there's going to be things. So th it still happens. Like he'll make a comment or like you know, do something that I deem controlling. The difference is now I don't care. I literally don't care. You can yeah. think whatever you want. And when you have the kids, you can do whatever you want with them. But like, mind your own business, basically. Yeah. And that has yeah. been like the biggest game changer in my life. That's yeah. wild. It's just like having my personal power. Yeah. When you tell him those things, when he says those things, it's uncontrolling. And you're like, dude, does he like check himself in the moment? Or like, what's that like? Oh, what a good question. I would say most of the time. Okay. So first of all, things have like way different 
at the worst of our relationship, there was like verbal abuse. There was lashing out. Like he had a major anger issue. So enter in therapy and antidepressants, marriage therapy and individual therapy for both of us. Like things are completely, it's like not even close to being the same relationship. So now if something like that happened now, he would be five kilometers out the door, like before he could even say what's up. Like I have too much self-esteem now to be like, you can't do that anymore to me. (laughs) So just a disclaimer, like that is not, those things are not an issue anymore. Thank awesome. God. Very awesome. But yeah, so typically it's like, hey man, like go take a chill pill. And he absolutely like will check himself. He does not lash out. But then often there'll be, a, it's like the good work happens in a follow-up conversation. Yeah. Like, hey, you know, earlier today when you did that, like that really hurt my feelings. Okay. I validate you, you know, I'm sorry. Like for sure those things happen. Like, but they, it takes multiple conversations too sometimes. Right. But you're willing to put that work in. And I think that that is just like that you're willing to both of you willing to have the follow-up conversation and put that work in like, wow. I mean, Mark, like I was very clear with him in the, in like, in that transition period where I was like, I am not going to have this marriage anymore. And I was very honest with him about that. We are not going to have this marriage anymore. So you either change (laughs) or I'm leaving you. Those are your options. It cannot stay the same. So like he, and again, enter our children, like he's a really good dad. And like the reason he was like even able to explore Mormonism, like the problems with Mormonism was because he felt like he had an obligation to his children to like give them the most success in life. And it's the same thing with us. Like it's not enough that we're just together. We also need to have a healthy relationship. And so, yeah. And those are his words. It's not enough that you're just together. You need to have a healthy relationship or that's you or both. I wouldn't say those are his words, but he definitely agrees. (laughs) Yeah, like he he is on board with deconstructing our negative belief systems and creating new, healthier relationships. I keep saying that's so beautiful, but like, I mean it, like my heart is so warm for you guys. Like, it's so beautiful mm-hmm. the way that you've both connected on this and committed to growing and changing and overcoming everything that you believed, went through, have continued. Like, it's amazing. It's, I commend you on so many levels. It's, it's amazing. So, yeah. Totally amazing. I concur. (laughs) I concur with that. I'm just like in awe. And I love, you know, what's incredible is we've talked about this a lot. And I feel like there could have been no better time for us to record this episode than after Brazil. Yeah. It really sounds like you've come not... I'm not saying the work is done. Obviously, there's lots of work to do. And this is probably going to be something. This will be something that's for the rest of your life. You still have a relationship with your in-laws. You still have, right? Like this is still, but I, you've come out to this stage of this journey together, strong together, working together. I mean, what could be more beautiful than that? And I just think it's such a beautiful thing, whether you're, participating in a religion not participating in a religion the beliefs that you have or don't have the fact that you guys and that's not to discount 
anything that you've been through. Like, I hope that that doesn't come out. I hope that comes out right. But the fact that you guys have held strong to each other and you've been honest with each other and moved forward through this tough stuff, like you guys went through a lot. Like, I mean, we could probably record 20 episodes of how much you guys went through and the hills and valleys that your relationship has been through but the fact that you guys pushed through that together dang that's that's the magic like that is it, awesome magic i just think it's amazing Not a lot of people will go through that right yeah no it's true it's true Not a lot of people will go through that like it's commendable for both of you and for your relationship together okay, two totally true sammy one how does it make you feel when you think about other women that are still in the Mormon religion and are part of these relationships that are likely how yours used to be, where they're very abusive because of what's taught. Like, do, do you feel anything towards that? Does, or is that a thing that you think about? I will tell you how it makes me feel. Have any of you watched the new Barbie movie no. yet? Oh. oh my God. You need to go see the Barbie okay. movie. Okay. Hopefully by the time this podcast comes out, people have seen the Barbie movie and totally know what I'm talking about. But basically, like, in the Barbie movie, spoiler alert, Ken, like, takes over Barbie Land and, like, does the patriarchy. So Barbie comes back to find Barbie Land, like, taken over by the patriarchy and all the Barbies are, like, brainwashed. Like, oh, Ken, do you want another beer? Like, I just love serving you. Like, they're totally brainwashed in the patriarchy. And so Barbie has to, like, work towards, like, unbrainwashing that's a little bit how I feel it's like you think you're happy and I like understand that and there is a level of like see and and this is where it gets like this is just my opinion okay I don't agree with you have to respect everybody's beliefs I don't agree with that if I don't agree with your belief I don't agree with it like I'm allowed also to have my own belief that I don't agree with your belief like So I'm not saying I'm like, it's okay to be disrespectful to people, but I don't have to respect your belief system. And that's a bit how it's like, like you think you are happy, but you actually just don't know because you are literally brainwashed by a cult. Like, but unfortunately, like any, it's like any woman, right? Like any woman in a patriarchal system. And I'm not saying like, the patriarchy is evil, but like kind of is sometimes. And like you need to, women don't have a lot of power. There's lots of situations where women do not have a lot of power. And yeah, like it's just, it's hard. It's hard to watch. But on the other hand, it's also hard to have power. Like I'm Mm -hmm. like, there's, there's good and bad things. I think about all different types of ways of living your life. I think the problem is maybe when they're like, it's wrong that you aren't living the same way that I'm living. Like, and Mm. I can't be hypocritical and be like, it's wrong that you live your life that way. I just have to be like, it's not okay. I, I don't want to live that way anymore. And like, that's the only person I can make a decision for. But I do feel like if I could change anything, it would just be that like, you get to have autonomy over your own body and your own life. Oh man, that just brought so. up another question. When you just said autonomy over your own body, maybe this is a personal one, but um, in a in a Mormon relationship that you experienced, 
when you say that, is it like if a man says so, it's time to go? I mean, it depends on the person. So like within every system, but like within Mormonism, there's like a large spectrum, yeah. right? So like we have extended family where it's so patriarchal that like all the grown, the grown children, um, nobody eats at the dinner table until the dad starts eating, you know, like that kind of thing. Like that is not, <laughs> that is not okay. Thankfully, I did not experience that. I did not experience like sexual coercion, like that kind of thing. I would say though, like I didn't get to choose what I wore, right? I didn't get fully to choose. Like I didn't have, let me rephrase that. I didn't have the freedom to choose what I wanted to wear. I didn't have the freedom to choose what I wanted to eat or drink. Like those kinds of things. It's not like anybody was forcing me to do certain things. It was that I was like kept under very stringent rules of what to do with my body that were not like leaving me able to make my own choices. Gotcha. Thanks for sharing that. That makes sense. Um, so I guess like, have there been any moments along the way of your kids asking to go back to church or asking to see friends from before or anything like that? Has that come up at all for you? At Sunday dinner, we went the day we got back after traveling for 40 hours and in front of everybody, my six-year-old goes, mom, I really, 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 really want to go back to church. And I said, okay, we'll talk about it. Then on the way home, mom, Lena believes in it and I believe in it and dad believes in it. And you're the only one that doesn't believe in it. So it's not fair that we don't all go to church. And Mark had to pipe in and say, Arlie, I don't believe in it either. When she was like, what? So then my four-year-old also has thrown tantrums like about three times now. I want to go back to church. Not even me saying we're not going back to church. There is no church today. Like it's literally a Tuesday, like huge epic tantrum. Then we're having lunch and my two-year-old, I look over and my two-year-old is folding his arms and closing his eyes and saying a prayer at lunch. It was, I literally just wow. looked at Mark and Mark looked at me and he was like, that was really cute, but also really traumatizing. And I was like, yeah, it was. Wow. So it's been a little bit of a struggle. This is how I've been handling it. You guys can tell me what you think. I'm pretty proud of it, you know? Okay. So let's, let's see what happens. Basically, I'm like, look, Arlie, it is a-okay to believe in Jesus. It is a-okay to believe in God. Did you know that there's all these other gods? Did you know that there's a god named Zeus who holds lightning bolts and like people believe in him? Did you know that there's like boot people believe in Buddha and like this is these are the practices that they do? Look, if you want to go to church, kid, I will take you to every single different church that we have access to. But the Mormon church is not a healthy place. We stopped going there because we realized that it was not a good place for us and that they were telling mom and dad lies. And so we are not going to go back to that church. And she's like, but other churches don't have fun kid stuff. Yes, they do, Arlie. Lots of churches have fun kid stuff. Okay. So yeah, I've just been like trying to be like, look, you're allowed to believe in things, but we are just, I'm trying to be firm. Like you're allowed to believe in things. Yeah. But we are not going to go to that church. And like, yeah, that's that. Yeah. I think that's amazing. I think you dealt with it 
I think you dealt with it amazing because what you gave her is because I what you gave her was the ability to like you had the ability to not swing her to the opposite side of the spectrum. You gave her autonomy. You gave her that in that conversation because now she gets to explore and choose with your blessing and she's not going to have the same guilt. I'm trying to see if I word this right. If you had said to her, no, you're not allowed to believe in Jesus. You're not allowed to believe in this. You're not Even allowed to believe in that. None of church. that exists. It's kind of the same thing. Yeah. Just saying a different subject, but it's kind of the same thing. Like, no, you believe this. You don't believe that. Don't ask questions. The reason you left was because you wanted to ask questions. That was part of it, right? So what you gave her was a voice, autonomy to ask the questions. Let's discover this. Hey, let's go learn other churches. Let's go. See. I think that's beautiful. I think it's beautiful. I think yeah, you dealt with it perfectly. Hey, Sammy. Yeah. Like, and this is I, like, I love this because like I said, it's so interesting because we've got three different kind of perspectives here and like. I don't know, but I think to me, if I can put my opinion in here and I like, it's tricky because it, religion is so like talking about religion can be so controversial, but if I could just sneak this one in there, I went to Catholic school, the best religious religion teacher I had came in and taught us about all of them. We had to write papers on all of them, not all of them. As many as we could think of. There's a ton of religions. We probably didn't get them all. But he gave us the perspective of asking the, the freedom to ask the questions. And I think that, I, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think that if that could be a take, that's one of my takeaways from your story is if you are in a situation, a religion, a group, a relationship, a business, if you are in a situation where you are being encouraged to not ask questions, yeah. that's a red flag. No matter what the situation is, that's a huge red flag. You sh you always need to be able to ask questions. Am I? Yeah, not only is that, that a good takeaway. Like it should be good and encouraged to ask questions, but then there should also be transparency. Like mm -hmm. in ev everywhere, there should be transparency. If there's things that you feel like you need to hide, that's yeah, not, it's true. That's also a red I won't. Maybe we'll repeat this, but yeah, if you're if someone's telling you not to ask questions, like it's not, a, you should always be free to ask questions. Yeah, like it's hard because the Mormon Church is not like, it's not like, uh, how do I say this? Like it's a cult. <laughs> so I know that they mm -hmm. are never going to stop. I know that like this, the organization is never going to stop pursuing me, Mark and my kids. So like I am, and Mark and I agree on this, like, no, I'm sorry. Like you, it's not, it's okay if you want to believe in God, but we're not going to that church. And that's just going to be like, a rule in our family. Like it's okay to go every now and then, you know, when there's like special occasions, but like, no, it's just going to have to be like a hard no. Yeah. You know, are you even allowed to go if you're not actively? You are allowed to go. Oh, yeah. And they want you to go like they're That's the thing is like they're actively at all times, like trying to recruit people. And 
Yeah. It's just like when I was a leader in many leadership positions, like in the youth, we would specifically tailor our activities to the non-member hmm. kids that were coming. Yeah. Yeah. And so be like, that's it because I've been on the inside and I like, I know because I've done it. I've done these things. So I know exactly what they're capable of. And I'm just like, look, if you're 18 and you want to get baptized, like, okay, you're 18. I can't stop you. Like, but no, it's just going to have to be like a firm no. Yeah. I think that's the best way we can answer those things for our kids too, right? Is just like you did is giving those options is saying like, well, yeah, there's lots of gods. You want to go to church? Let's go explore all the churches just like you did, right? It's There's, there's so many options out there. It doesn't have to be just the one. And like, I know my yeah. daughter asked me something about where do people come from? And I was like, like we've talked about how babies are born before. And I, and I was like, well, what do you mean? She goes like, where did they start? Like, how did the first, before there were people, how were there people? And I'm like, how are you five and ask me that question? But I was like, well, there's two things you can believe and that I know of that people believe. And I was like, one is that it's evolution. And I like broke that down in simple terms. And I said, one is, and I said, one is creationism. And I broke that down in very simple terms. And she was like, oh, okay. She's like, what do you believe? And I was like, well, what do you, like, what do you think sounds good to you? She's like, I like the animals changing one. <laughs> I was like, great. Then that's the one, that's the one that mom and dad believe, but you can do whatever you want. It's up to you. You know, it, they have to have those options because otherwise they grow up eventually and they have no open mind to anything and whatever that may be. And then if they do decide to question it, their world implodes like you did with Mark. Totally. But there's also like, there's also been an element of like, I don't mm -hmm. know. I don't know. But here's totally. what some people believe. Some people believe this Some people believe this, but yeah, I don't really know. I don't know. And it's like, it's okay that I don't know. And it's okay for me to tell her, yeah, totally. I don't actually know. <laughs> like, okay. And I think that's another red flag too. If people claim that they know, if someone claims they know, no, you don't. None of us really know. Like, we're making our best, most educated guesses, you know, but you don't know. Is there a difference between I believe and I know? Right. And in testimony meeting every single, the first Sunday of every month, people get up and say, I know the church is true. I know Joseph Smith was a prophet. Like these brainwashing things, like I'm not trying to be like a jerk about it. Like these are literal brainwashing tactics that they use. So yeah, that's mm -hmm. one of the things. It's like you don't say I believe. It always you say, makes I me know. wonder in cults, and I don't think there's a way to know this because I'm like, do they know that they're brainwashing people, or do they just so deeply believe in what they're speaking that it's truth? You know, and just that's some are there really some people that on the lower levels that probably just believe it so deeply. But do the upper levels believe it or do they know the brainwashing people? Like, does the prophet, is he just pulling stuff out of his butt that he thinks sounds great? Or does he actually believe that God spoke to him and he needs to give this thing? You know what I mean? Like, and you, there's no way to know. There's no way to answer that question. But that's always what I wonder. Do people know that they're being manipulated or that they're manipulating people? Do they know that they're using these tactics? 
Or do they actually just genuinely believe this is the right thing to do? And it's only if someone opens up that door so that they can realize that it was not right. I think that it's both. I think there's some people that do believe it. And I think that there's some people that take advantage of it because it gives them power, money, and sex. Like, like any person can become sure. corrupt with power. Like, you're not going to look at this organization that has hundreds of men in the leadership and like every single one of them is innocently believing like, no, no way. There has to be people. I mean, but then again, like, again, we go all the way back to the beginning. That's the simplest way to answer this. Like you can speculate. Does all do, does every prophet like really believe in it? The easiest way to answer that mm-hmm. is what do you think about Joseph Smith? Poor farm guy. And he ended his life, like literally trying to take over the government of the United States, proclaiming that he was the king of the world, having more than 40 wives. Like, you tell me, do you think he really believed in it? Or do you think he was manipulating people on purpose to have personal gain? Yeah, that's so crazy. Do you have anything that you really want to share on this topic? Lindsay, I feel like we've touched on so many things. Do you have anything that's like really sitting close with you that you're like, I really feel this is important to share? That you haven't already. I think ultimately, just to reiterate, like said this now like three times, but I cannot like state it enough. You have power over your own life. So if there's something happening in your life that you feel like isn't in alignment with you, then you need to go do something about it. And you have the power to do that. And like if anybody is trying to take that power away from you, like, just know that that's not okay. Like, nobody has the right to take your power away from you, ever. And as women, especially, like, I think it's really common for us to, like, give that power away or, like, allow that power to be taken away from us. And it happens, like, in a way that's, like, sneaky, you know? Like, we, I'm not saying, like, we're just, like, here's my power handed over in a shiny box. Like, I don't think it's that simple but I do think it's really common. And I think it's really important that like every single person realizes that they have the power over their own life and just don't let anybody make decisions for you and just make your own choices. And you want to be happy, go be happy. And yeah, I guess that's all. I love that. Okay. We have to ask you this question Okay, in this journey for you. What has been, and you've probably already answered this question without us asking it, but we're going to ask it anyway, just in case. What has been your greatest challenge and how do you think you overcame that? It's loaded. I should have given you some prep, (laughs) some prep time on that. Yeah, honestly, it it is just what I just said. Yeah. It's like, I kind of thought you were going to say that. It's realizing, like it was waking up one day and realizing that I gave my power away to a lot of people. That I just like one day was like, yeah, I just do not like this. And to this day, it's still a challenge in like re recapturing that. And I think it's going to be a challenge for the rest of your life because for your entire life, people are going to try to take your power away. That's just like the nature of human society. Like, so I think, Mm -hmm. yeah, that has been my biggest challenge and my biggest blessing in this whole journey is just like realizing, yeah, that I can be my own savior and I can be the God of my own universe and create a reality that I 
feel happy about most of the time. You know, it's not going to be perfect all the time. You're not going to be happy all the time. But something, you know, that you Good just one. get I to make I did think of one more choices. question that we had kind of came up before, but we didn't circle back to that I will ask. And it was, can we ask, what do you believe now? Yeah, um, my biggest thing is I just don't have any set beliefs right now. I lean very much away from God and Jesus. And we did not get into this at all. But like, part of leaving the church was realizing that I didn't actually learn about Jesus. <laughs> I learned about obedience and like, submissiveness, but I didn't actually learn about Jesus. Yeah, sorry. I know that's like a big thing. So, again, for the listeners at home, my jaw just dropped. Are you in a they don't teach about church Jesus called like, Jesus Christ of yeah. Latter-day Saints and you're not learning about Jesus? No, you learn about Jesus in the setting of like obedience in, in all of the things that benefit the cult. That's the only things that they teach you. They don't teach you about like unconditional love. They don't teach you about like acceptance, like empathy, none of those, like none of those qualities that when you like, when the average person thinks about Jesus, like the whole point of Jesus was like, he was like, Hey, maybe we shouldn't treat each other like this. <laughs> like, so because of my religious drama, I definitely steer away from God and Jesus right now. I feel like I do not believe that if there is a God, that it's a man. I think like I lean more towards Probably we are just organic life. Maybe we were apes and we stumbled across psychedelic mushrooms and like <laughs> fast forwarded our evolution psychologically by like millions of years. I don't know. I like crystals. I love tarot cards, you know, things that I used to think were evil. I'm just like really leaning into that. I like witchy stuff and all the typical kind of white girl astrology that kind of thing. But I would say right now I'm just allowing myself not to have any set beliefs and just, yeah. um, you know, and just in kind of reset discovery mode. Yes. So is your mind like, do you feel like your mind is just open to all things right now? Yes. Yeah. And I think it feels like a good place to be, feels like a mm -hmm. good place to be like not set in stone about anything, but to just be able to take like bits and pieces of things that I find valuable from all different belief systems and then like mm -hmm. accumulate them into a life that I. Yeah. And I don't think it has to be a belief. Like if someone would be like, what do you believe? I'm like, I think all things are possible and real. That is how I answer that question. All things are possible and real. I have no evidence to believe any single one of them. And so I don't think there has to be a belief specific. Like you don't have to say, I am this, I am that. Exactly. Just like you said, you can find pieces of whatever you want and make them be who you are. And it doesn't have to attach to anything. I definitely believe <laughs> that Mormonism is not true. <laughs> I I'm Mormon. Like I'm... there could be a God, there could be a Jesus, there could be an Allah, there could be a Zeus. Like, I don't know. Like that was more, more, all things are real in that sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But not that one. But not that one. Yeah, for sure. We're like firmly. <laughs> We've crossed that one off the list. I said God. <laughs> yes. yes. Thank you so much, Lucy. I feel like, again, I mean, I'm out of questions right now, but I feel like I'm going to get off this call and be like, oh my God, oh my God. Like, it was so good. I would. I would love to, like, I, I, like, sorry, I kind of interrupted you, Sammy. I just. I'm so grateful for your openness and for your honesty with this and like sharing the story with us. 
And I would love to have you back with your husband. Yeah. Like I, I would love to like, cause I do, I feel the same way as you, Sammy. I feel like we're going to start thinking of questions. And be like, Oh yeah, that, oh yeah, that. I mean, honestly, we can like, this is, this is just something we could talk about over wine one night, but like I could spend probably like six hours telling you guys about the crazy shit about Mormonism. Like, and you would just leave being like, whoa, yeah. you know, like this, this, the story is so crazy on so many different levels, but yeah, Mark, I think would come. If you Thank you so yeah. much, Lindsay, for being on here. Like Melissa said, we are so grateful for your, your openness, your honesty, you being on here today. And uh, yeah, we really look forward to finishing chatting with you again at another time and answering any questions that come up from either us or our listeners and um, just going down that route. So thank you so very much. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Please feel free to find us on our Instagram page at thehappysoul.podcast and share with us your biggest takeaway from today's episode. We can't wait to see you again next time on The Happy Soul Podcast. With love, Sammy and Melissa.